This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The past year has been a defining one for all of us. Amongst the greatest changes we've experienced are how we live our lives now and how our priorities as consumers, as employees, as citizens, as members of a larger community have changed. Our change in focus has impacted the way we behave in a COVID-infected world. When the desires and needs of stakeholders change, the purveyors of products and services to meet those desires and needs must also change. Indeed, the pandemic has forced many companies that have stayed in their comfort zone for decades to redefine how they create and and deliver stakeholder value. Some have been pretty clued to the changing trends from the start. Others are still floundering about what to do. So today is the last Monday of the month and as usual, we have Human Equation founder Sheila Singham with us to discuss the changing expectations of stakeholders and how companies can pivot to meet those expectations and remain relevant for business continuity. Of course, you're listening to Enterprise and I'm Frida Liu. Now, Sheila, uh, we've spoken before on the need to be relevant. How can we narrow down its definition in relation to stakeholders? Okay, interesting. Well, to me, uh, being relevant is about discovering what people want and giving it to them in any context, right? So in the context of stakeholders, it's about finding out how we can give, um, to remain relevant is to give extra value to the relationship they have chosen to have with us, with with you if you're an organization or a business, Mm. not just tangibly through your products and services, but also intangibly by building up their trust in you, right? Mm. So, I mean, so many studies and all surveys have been done to show that more and more stakeholders need to have trust, um, you know, in their their providers, their service providers, the companies they do business with. And for the stake for the for the companies it it's a benefit because increased trust brings increased and enhanced reputation. Mm. Our priorities have changed. I'm sure Frida, yours and mine, staying yeah. at home for three months under <laughs> lockdown, then after that limited movement here and all that. Mm. Right. We've become more discerning in our comings and goings, mm. in who, where we go, who we associate with, hang out with, our expenditure. Health has become such a big priority and right. You know, when you stay at home, you realize there's so many things you can do without and so on. Mm. So then you begin to focus on what you really do need and who are the people out there and how are they doing business. As we become more sort of, uh, what's the word for it, meditative, more, you know, transform more insight, we also want more from the people that we are working with, that we're buying from, Mm. you know. So we begin to re-examine our lives. And that actually translates outwardly into we being more inclined to relate to people and brands and, you know, entities, organizations and so on, whose practices are aligned with our values. Right. And who are the stakeholders that companies should consider when they relook the way they create and deliver value? Well, I, I guess they need to look in the context of their business and see who their stakeholders are. I mean, the larger the company, the more public you are, the more responsibility you have to a larger group of people. But if, you know, you're you're a small entity, a small um, SME, a small medium enterprise, then, you know, your group of stakeholders might be smaller. Now, in broad terms, they include uh, primary employees, of course, customers, suppliers, shareholders, who would be your primary stakeholders. Mm. 
Hmm. Now, if this group of people turn back their back on you, you can't do business. If people decide to quit your company, it's really going to affect the way you do business. If your your customers decide to turn their back on you because of trust issues, then you really can go down. So, you know, a lot of companies, they look at stakeholders and say, oh, it's our shareholders and our customers. And really forget that employees are such a big part of that, you know. Right. Then, of course, there's the secondary group of stakeholders. And for me, a stakeholder is anyone whom you impact or anyone who impacts you the way you do business. Mm. So, for example, a stakeholder could be a government or professional organization that regulates your business practices and calls the shots about how you should be doing business. Right. Then you have activists um, in, in some industries. They, they really make a huge uh, create big waves that impact the way you do things. Are you doing things in a sustainable way? Mm. More and more, yeah. I'm, I don't know if we're seeing so much of that in Malaysia and in and, and, and Southeast Asia, but in, in the West, for example, more and more companies, people only want to do business with you if you're um, doing ethical practices, mm. if you're fair towards your employees, um, you know, if you're operating and applying good governance, um, you know, so governance is, is such a big issue and the framework of how you run your company, more and more people are looking into that. So many of your stakeholders, that's the thing, you know, many of them won't say anything if you perform according to expectations because, hey, you're meeting the expectations. So, you know, that's what I expect. I don't have to shout about it. Mm. But when you don't, 10, 20 years ago, you know, the, the waves and repercussions are not so big. But today, with social media, in a flash, mm. right, everyone around the world can know if you did something wrong. Right. So you really need to, to take care of all these stakeholders. Can't hide anymore. So, no, I cannot. cannot. Right. How, how do companies redefine the way they create and deliver stake, uh, stakeholder value to build trust? You know, I, I'm, I'm sort of much struck by what Simon Sinek wrote in his book, Start With Why. Mm-hmm. And he um, sort of said that every organization that exists needs to ask the question, why do we exist? Hmm. The thing with so many companies now is that they're so focused on the formal parameters of doing business. Right. And they are so focused on the bottom line that they forget that, uh, you know, to that, that they exist just simply because of buy-in from stakeholders. So many companies, they're listening to what the leaders of the company want and what the majority shareholders want, and they are designing business strategies based on this. If, if money is the ultimate objective for Frida, the highest value for everything, for, for you to exist as a company, then mm. everything you do is going to be driven by that. Mm. So when that happens, Delivering value to stakeholders, you know, will not your your stakeholders, meaning your employees, your customers, and all that. That's not going to be a priority, you know. Mm. So I feel that to deliver value and trust in stakeholders, companies cannot just focus on the bottom line. Right. They okay. need to be asking. While we are a business and we exist to make a business, and I'll be very, very honest, I run a business, mm. and of course I want to make money to exist, but. I have to ask myself, how do I make a difference as a company? Mm. How do we make a difference while we're making the profit? Mm. So I found the best way is to ask the stakeholders themselves instead of sort of, 
imputing your own thoughts or second guessing or telling yourself, this is what's best for my customers. This is what's best for my employees, my shareholders and so on. Ask people, you know, engage with them. You, a lot of companies have had some downtime during the pandemic in the sense that business slowed down and all that. Mm. What were they deploying their, their employees to do? Mm. That's when they should be going out and doing those studies. Ask your company, your, your, your clients, your customers, even your employees, what are we doing that works for you? Mm. What are we doing that doesn't work for you? Right. How can we improve to make your experience, whether your employee experience, your customer experience with us, a memorable one? Hmm. So, you know, KPMG did some research, right, and summarized that to achieve trust and saying that trust now is more and more is becoming really the, one of the most important um, sort of parameters in building a company's brand and reputation. So they said that to achieve trust, an organization has to consider, actively monitor and work on three key components. That mm. is their culture, their purpose, and their reputation. Their culture, their purpose. Okay, now it so- sounds a bit like the design thinking approach, right? I-, I guess also at the same time when you go through this, uh, it's good to also see where you are part and part, you know, if you if you talk about your stakeholders, right, how do you win the hearts, right? You know, you win yeah. the hearts and you get their wallet, you know, so so that's the first thing, right? First, I have to get yeah. to your heart before I can get to your wallet. I think we got to really look at how organisations operate, right? You know, when we, and not just pay lip service. I think this, this whole, you know, of 2020 was a wake-up call to how, you know, how, um, how relevant and important or inter- you know integral you are to an, an individual, whoever your stakeholders may be. And that's an, that's a very important thing. That just how I- integral you are, mm. because today if you're not integral, if you're not that important, then how what is what's going to cost the customer to have loyalty to you? Mm. So yeah, I mean talking about the design thinking approach, I am actually applying it personally in my own company as well as in the companies that you know I, I consult for and, and work with, right? Um it 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 just many people think it's just a buzzword in business. Everywhere you go, oh design thinking it's a it's a it's a big thing now, you know. Mm. But for me I found out that when you actually understand the process of design thinking, it's so practical for pivoting business in an uncertain world. See mm. we can't predict what's gonna happen in the long time. Today Consumer priorities are changing. Employee priorities are changing. Their tastes are changing. You know, of course, we've become so clued in with doing shopping digitally and doing work um, on the virtual platform and so on. So we we don't we can't. Last year, um, say 2018, 2019, people had all these five, ten year plans and all that. Mm. Then what happened? Everything is got derailed. One CEO said to me, plan for five years. Uh, I now can't even plan for the year ahead. Mm. I can put it in place. But I got to be constantly agile enough that whatever comes, I need to you know, address it. So what we need to be doing is, all companies need to be doing is to, to ensure the mobility of their business. They really need to ask their stakeholders what they want, need, and what they want. Right. right? And then from here, you can get such invaluable feedback that flushes out not just pain points that you need to address, mm. uh, like kind of the ones that you didn't see as being so obvious. Mm. You can like, uh, what I call, you can also flush out subterranean problems, you mm. know, mm. meaning the ones that like are under the surface that people don't really talk about because 
nobody asked lah, you know. Mm. And of course, uh, you from there, from all of this, you can actually also flush out opportunities for creating blue ocean businesses, you know, for the untapped markets. Things that people want and need that no one's quite meeting now. Right. And of course, other information, valuable information to design new processes, new solutions. You know, the the whole value chain, um, you know, framework and right. so on. Okay. Yeah. So, what areas should be re-examined to increase the value organisations give to stakeholders? That's going to be my next question. Uh, after this, uh, to Sheila Singham from Human Equation, it's uh, enterprise, and we're talking about delivering stakeholder value. BFM eighty-nine point nine. Banish feudal mentality. BFM eighty-nine point nine. The Business Station. You're listening to Enterprise. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. I'm here with Sheila Singham uh, from Human Equation. She's here the last Monday of every month. Today, we talk about delivering stakeholder value and how that's, you know, changed and all the more important uh, because of what's happened last year and still ongoing this year, unfortunately. You know? oh. So, you know, we were talking a little bit about um, uh, areas to look at, right? But what areas uh, should be re-examined to increase the value organizations give to stakeholders? Well, clearly it cannot be one-dimensional because there are so many stakeholders that we need to be looking at. So, um, you know, the, the companies have to come up with a, stress, a strategy for the different stakeholder groups. Mm. Okay, for example, the most uh, sort of neglected one, I feel, everyone's looking like, oh, what the market wants, what the customer wants and all that. Let's go capitalize on that. But what do the employees want? Mm. Things have changed so much for employees. You know, at one point, when uh, people were suggesting, employees themselves were suggesting, oh, like, can we have, have this work-from-home system? Mm. Companies like, cannot, cannot, what nonsense, you know, we have to see you work, sit here and work so that we can evaluate you and all that. Mm. But what have we been doing for the past year? Mm. So, of course, there is a bit of, you know, there might be a little saltiness among employees. Like, right. when I ask you, you say cannot. Now, because needs must, you say I must work now from can, home. Now can, no? Ah, now can. And then when I work from home, you just pile it on uh, on me like, you know, you don't understand that they, there's time out. I need to go home. Call me at nine ten o'clock. Yeah. And then when they lift the restrictions or movement, you tell me you must come back to office. And then when they put on some other restrictions, you say, ah, okay. So employees are being yo So why can't we come up with a consistent policy for moving forward? We all know how to work virtually, hmm. right? So in that respect, if we can just come up with a system whereby, first of all, in the mindset, understand that let them work virtually. You need to change the employee appraisal system and benefits. Mm. A lot of times you see the fellow sitting down there nine to nine and you say, well, very hardworking. Huh? Mm. I give him a uh, top mark for hard work. But what is he doing half the time? Going for cigarette break, coffee break, playing <laughs> games and all that. But if he's sitting at home and he's working the designated working hours and he, you should be, you should be evaluating people on deliverables hmm. and likewise on benefits or so it's not just about the work that you do hmm. maybe you should have more recognition for um, recognizing people who are you know, helping each other you know, a shout out more than ever we are feeling a bit disconnected like we go right. into offices maybe on our designated way and it's all like empty and that connection going out for lunch hanging out rubbing shoulders camaraderie mm. might have gone down because we're not interacting face to face so much mm. so what organizations need to do is step up employee engagement activities that give people a greater sense of belonging mm. even while they are working virtually which means 
having more conversations, more transparency, tell them what is happening. We've had com- companies that never told their employees anything. Then suddenly, bam, they say, look, we're closing down the company and here's your one-month severance pay. Right. People are in shock. Yeah. I mean, be honest. Lah. If you are going to do that, tell us two to three months before we can prepare ourselves, we can go and get another job. So we need to have more conversations, more non-work-related.